Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Write your own horoscope, follow the stars, design your destiny, part two with Jane Struthers. Look, I've asked Jane to come back. Um, And why is that? Um, Three things have happened this year. One is you all have said to us, can you please do more on astrology, at least at the beginning of the year? Can we talk about both esoteric, soul path, Can we talk about what the different forms of astrology are? Can you talk about how we look ahead and and how the signs and the houses? So based on that, we've done a number of shows. But the one show that we did that had to do with you writing your own horoscope was based on this incredible book by Jane, Jane Struthers, joining me back here today best-selling author, consultant, astrologer, and she teaches people not just about like how do you look at your chart, like what the snapshot of that might be, or the snapshot in the moment of time when you're born, but she also teaches you and me, all of us, how do we look into our future? How do we do that based on the planets and what they're making contact with, you know, transit, so to speak? You know, this language really in astrology can be daunting unless you break it down and you, you get someone to say to you, wait a minute, as planets move, the energies move, the direction moves. And by the way, if you do a solar return chart based on your life on the East Coast, It might change if you look to the future and you do that chart and you say, I'm in New York, but then you pick yourself up and you move to Seattle. How does that impact today? We're going to be talking, and this is part two. How do we make that move? How do we interpret this? How do we look at this? And by the way, if you don't have Jane's book, Write your, own, write your own horoscope, follow the stars, design your destiny. We're going to let you know how to do that. And we have a copy of the book to give away today. But today's show really, and the invitation for Jane to come back, is about the future, looking ahead. What to know, what not to panic about, and what is it about our future that allows us still, given everything we see, to still have free will. Jane, it's great to have you back. Thank you. It's great to be back. Um, I am one of these people that for a lot of years, and especially here in the Pacific Northwest, I was made aware of more aspects of astrology and knowledge. I'm not sure what it is about the Pacific Northwest, but basically every corner you go to, there's something somewhere that has to do with spirituality, that has to do with looking at the stars. It's an incredible place. 
it's been the most creative time of my life, really. But yet, I took a break from getting my astrological chart done for about 10 years. But this year, especially, um, I felt the urge to really take a look and take a look at where we are and what's moving in solar return. But for a lot of people, it's important to really get a sense of what this means to look ahead. A lot of times, Jane, this is the misconception I find, the number one misconception that can actually do you really damage is that we think it's fortune telling. It's not, is it? No, not at all. No, you're looking at what's coming up for you, how it's going to affect you. And it's not a question of um, thinking, oh, well, if I look at it tomorrow, it's going to be different as it is with, might be with fortune telling. Your chart is going to be saying exactly the same thing tomorrow. You might be responding to it differently and circumstances might have started to shift. But if you've got, say, Pluto bearing down on your sun, it's not going to stop. It's still going to be doing it and giving, teaching you Pluto's lessons. And, and this is really the part about your book that I love. And I, and I know I've talked about this before, just so all of you that are just tuning in, what, what I want you to know is, you know, when I say Jane has put together a book and has written a book, what I really want everybody to know, it's an illustrated book. And what I mean by an illustrated book, for those of you that have read every line of everything you could learn about astrology, have you looked at some of the imagery to help you understand it better? And that's merely for me what, what was so brilliant about this particular book that Jane put together. We've talked before, Jane, about we've talked about the past, we've talked about the present. But as a recap, you know, we're talking about 12 signs, we're talking about houses, right? We're talking about planets, and we're talking about the interaction of all of them. When I say look ahead, and I reference what is called a solar return, it has a particular meaning. Let's tell folks as we dive into the future view of astrology, let's give folks an idea of what a solar return is about or things like that. Okay, well, a solar return is a chart for the moment when your sun returned to the exact degree and minute it occupied when you were born. And it gives you a snapshot of the coming year, which is why we wish people a happy birthday. We see many happy returns. Yeah. Even astrology skeptics, when they say that, have no idea that actually they are talking astrology, which I think is quite nice, actually. And <laughs> So it shows you a snapshot of the coming year and it's all about, in particular, it's about the sun and the part of the chart that the sun occupies, because of course, it's going to be in the same sign and degree that it, it was in when you were born. So that's not gonna tell you anything, but the area of the chart that it occupies, that does, that tells you where you need to be really focusing on in the coming year. So say it's in, we're talking about the future, so say it's in your 11th house. The 11th house rules friendships, kindred spirits, hobbies. It also rules hopes and wishes for the future. So if your son is in the 11th house for your solar return over the next year, you, you might find you're making new friends. You might find as well that you are starting to think about things that you would like to happen in your life. And perhaps by thinking of them and visualizing them, you will actually make them manifest if you are interested in 
the laws of the universe and abundance and so on. So that's just one way that you can look at the, the solar return. And then it's just telling you so much more because you need to concentrate as well on the position of the moon in the solar return. And where is that? Which, how, which house is it in and which sign is it in? Because it's not going to be in the same, well, it may be in the same sign that it occupied when you were born, which is very significant because it shows that you're coming back to your natural emotional set, set your particular emotional setting, if you'd like to call it that. And it tells you what you're going to be focusing on emotionally in the year ahead. And the ascendant as well, what are you going to be looking at? How are you going to be appearing to the world? How is the world going to see you as well as how are you going to look at it? And all the planets actually in, in whichever way, you know, the, 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 the faster moving planets, it's a, about their sign because they're moving fast. It's about the bit of the chart they're in. It's about the aspects they make to each other with the slower moving planets like particularly Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, they move so much more slowly that they're not gonna, the sign is probably not important unless they have just moved signs. It, once again, it is the house position and the aspects they make to other planets. And this tells you a whole story about your year ahead. It's fascinating to me. And I'm gonna just throw out what somebody said to me. And for those of you out there, if you've got questions for Jane, uh, this is a live call-in show, 1-800-930-2819. So I had a friend of mine um, make a comment and uh, took a peek <clears throat> at my chart, right? Heard me talk about it on the show a little bit and said, hey, let me take a peek. Now, she has nowhere the knowledge that, that you, you have. I mean, I have so many friends that are on the journey to understand astrology more. But she said something interesting to me. And I thought for a minute, let me look closer. She said something like, wow, finally, finally, these signs and planets have moved to the last quadrant on your chart. And I thought, what does that mean? Like to move to like, so when I looked, it was interesting because not all of them did, but I have three, three signs or three, let's just call them. There are three points that are all in Sag. Uh, my son is in Sag. And then there are these four other things that are in Virgo, um, excuse me, in Capricorn. And so what she said is, this is a point of evolution for you. Now, I don't know much about that. I think that what we're all looking for is the meaning of things. Like for me, I got intrigued. What did she mean? Of course, I didn't have time to talk to her. You know, people these days, they text you and then off they go. But I started to think about this more. And you said something interesting at the beginning. I think you said something like solar return comes back to its, you know, the sun comes back to its original sign. These are things that have meaning. Can you give us a, a, a review, especially based on your book, on what folks should look for? What should they look for? Is it significant that somebody looks at your chart, Jane, and says, 
oh my God, you finally evolved. Everything's over here in your 12th, 11th, and 10th. <laughs> I don't know. You know, that like everything's over there. Oh, except that one. Um, but, but when they make a statement like that, there is a sense of you're moving from maybe the east to the west, from the north to the south. So for some people, it has meaning. What is your interpretation of these kinds of movements in the chart, especially when you're looking at a solar return? Well, the, the quadrants, the, the chart, it's called the quadrants because the chart can be divided into four sections and each of them encompasses three houses and they have a general meaning. And so um, the first three houses are very personal. They're about your appearance, about your money, about the way you communicate with the world. The next three houses, fourth, fifth and sixth are about, they're starting to become about other people, although they're still quite personal. And then the seventh, eighth, and ninth are about close relationships, about learning from other people. Tenth, eleventh, twelfth are about being out there in the world. Although that's interesting, of course, because by the time you get to the twelfth house, which is notoriously the most hidden um, house in the zodiac, you may not want to be quite so exposed. Although I have to say, it is fascinating, and this has got nothing to do with looking at the future, but it is fascinating how many prominent people have major planets in the 12th house. Wow. Right, how does that work? Anyway, so yes, we, all, we are all evolving and the sun represents our true self and many astrologers say it represents the hero's journey with you as the hero. And so each solar return is the next chapter in your particular adventure or saga or however you want to call it and yeah astrology has done as you say it has so much more to offer than just oh it's wednesday and the moon is in virgo it's a good time to clean your house it you know it it, it goes so deep and, and and once you start to learn about it or just read about it or have an astrology consultation with somebody you really begin to understand how it works and what it means for you. And so I would say when somebody, if somebody were to say to me, oh, at last you're revolving, I would want to pin them down and say, please, could you explain <laughs> what you mean? And what's the context of it? Evolving from what to what? And yeah. then I might think, am I aware of it yet? Because you know, often I find when I'm an, as an astrologer talking to a client, I say something and they say, Oh, yeah, yeah, I've felt that for a while now. I, you know, I didn't know what it was, but I could feel something was coming along. And yeah. so have you been aware that you are, uh, that what your friend said? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's why when she said it, and of course, I'm not looking at my chart, but this is really for all of you listening to this, is what I love what you said, Jane, is that, you know, part of this journey is both, about what we look at when we're looking at the movement of the planets and you know how they move through this the, the, how they move through one's chart but also there's a, there's this intuitive nature of things and so often we dismiss the intuitive nature or we dismiss the ability to write our own astrology story right write our own horoscope so to speak we dismiss that um, and default to somebody else. But when my friend said that, I didn't question it. You know, I, I thought, 
yeah, it feels like growing pains all over again in a lot of ways. But then I thought to myself, wow, after the year we've just had, who isn't evolving? That was me kind of dismissing <laughs> it, you know, so to speak. Um, but it made me go back and look at my solar return. And in, you know, and, and for people, this is just my advice to folks. And maybe you can chime in. I felt and have always felt it do better sitting down with someone. I do much better sitting down with someone and looking at what does this mean? Perhaps what is the soul chart of this? You know, I do so much better than taking something and saying, oh, this is what somebody else said and they don't even know me. In the book, you're literally, from my interpretation is, you're literally saying to folks, you can learn this. You can write your own horoscope. You can look at what we're talking about, the, whether it's a natal chart or whether we're talking about the future, you can look at this. And here's the question that came in from one of our, our listeners, the last show, and I was saving it for this show. And they wanted to ask you this, Jane, even though we didn't get to the future part, they wanted to ask you, as I look at the solar return, that's one year, right? As I look at that, you know, what am I looking for? Are there things that will guide me and help me with decision makings? Or when I look at the solar return, are some things predestined in a way that that's just the dealt of, that's the, that, that those are the cards I've been dealt. And that was a question from our last show. And here we are talking about it. Right. Well, the cards that you've been dealt, well, in some way, I mean, you're, you're given, I, I believe that we choose the time we're born, we choose the day we're born, we choose where we're born, because we've got, a, there are the things that are happening to our charts throughout our lives, the transits and various other things that happen to our charts are shaping us and evolving us. So we start off with our original chart and we end up really somebody else who has, you know, has, has evolved that chart and, as you were saying, has matured and developed it in many ways. So you could say that anything that happens to your chart, such as, well, for instance, at the moment, we've got six planets in Aquarius. And so say you have, you, you've got your sun um, at, in Aquarius at, say, let's have a look, six Aquarius, which is where Saturn is at the moment. So you could say, all right, so it, what, what does Saturn represent when it's coming up to my son? It might represent feeling lonely, mm. um, feeling overwhelmed, extra responsibilities, all those sorts of things. And that is the way it's going to be. And there is no way around it. But actually, there always is. Because in astrology, there's a huge debate about free will versus destiny and things just being written in stone. But if you think about it, to look at it another way, somebody hands you a sandwich. Well, they've handed you the sandwich, it's in your hand, but it's up to you what you do with it. Do you eat it? Do you put it aside? Do you look at it and think, oh, no way. Right. And so it's equally, if you've got a, diff, say, a so-called difficult transit, it's not going to be difficult all the time. And it's not as, it, it's so easy in astrology to make it sound as though things are happening to you. 
Yeah. And in astrology, we have kind of shortcut ways of talking about it, which also makes it sound as though the planets are looking down on you and saying, oh, you, you haven't done that well. I'm going to really teach you a lesson. And that's actually not the way it works, but it's how I think it's how we feel it, it does. And so I would say it's always about free will. It's about how you deal out the cards you've been given or you think you've been given. So, yes, okay, so you've got, you've got Saturn on your sun, you've got masses of work to do, you feel fed up, <laughs> the light seems to have disappeared, and yet Saturn is saying to you, well, actually, this is about you learning to be stronger, learning to overcome your fears, to become a, a deeper person, to really work on the foundation of your life and build something. And once you learn that and understand that, then wow, suddenly Saturn is not this awful taskmaster. He's helping you. And that's what I wanted to do in the book is show the reader that astrology is all about just helping yourself to see what's coming up in, in your chart. A bit like a weather forecast. Do I take my umbrella or do I take some sun cream? And just work with what you've got and make the very best of it. And you do a great job at that. I was rereading the section of the book today on transits. And, you know, it's a term that most people hear. If you go to someone and get some help on this, you hear, you hear the term transits, right? And in the book, you lay it out so clearly. And you talk about the fact that from our vantage point, Earth, each planet, you know, from the sun to Pluto is continually traveling around our horoscope, right? And, and a lot of times we use the term transit for a future kind of deal, right? And you talk about the fact that as it does this, you know, the planet moves through each of the 12 houses, right? And so you get this dynamic perspective from the book of things in constant motion, even though when you get a chart, so to speak, it looks static. But the reality is in a solar return, what does that mean? Does it mean that I'm going from one place to the other? Or does it in fact mean that these things are moving every day, every month? And I think that's the part of the confusion, I think, for people about looking into the future is understanding that what may be happening this month may not look like what is in a solar return chart. And, and But it all is part of the journey, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's all part of the journey. And the solar return chart is just one way of looking at the journey. It's one window that you look out of, if you like to think of it, on your personal train. And another window, I mean, it shows all the, the transits, as you were saying, the planets that are continuing to move in the sky and the effect they're having on your chart. But it is just one tool in quite a large toolbox mm -hmm. of looking at things. And one of the one of the things I talk about in the book is, is transits and how to work with them and how to see what they're doing, even if a planet isn't actually aspecting any part of your chart, it's still some it's still moving around part of that chart. And it's moving through a particular house. And it's as though the wallpaper of that house has changed slightly, it's got a new tinge, it's got the original design that you have in your birth chart. And now yeah. it's colored as well by something else. So for instance, you've got Venus going through 
the part of your chart that rules your home, the fourth house, your home and family and what feels comfortable. And you've got Venus going through it and suddenly you want to be, you want to pick flowers, you want to buy flowers, you think, I'm fed up with those curtains actually, I want something much prettier and oh, my bed's not very comfortable. And so you start to do all kinds of Venusian things to your home. And so there are all these influences all the time affecting your chart. And so it's, it is quite complex, but you just start at the beginning and you work through to the end and just see how things are. You know, one of the things that I think we don't talk about enough, and you mentioned it in the last show, and I really want to get to it. You talk about your life's path and you talk about that there are significant periods in life. And in this, I don't think we talk about these enough, right? Every once in a while, you'll sit down with somebody and they'll say dot, 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 every X dot, dot, dot years. But in your book, you talk about these. You talk about these significant periods of time and how they return, right? Whether it's 28, 29. And, and lo and behold, when you start to look at some of this and you look back, you're like, oh, Right, Jane. Yeah, <laughs> that thing happened then. Talk about these major periods for a moment so that folks can be thinking, all right, solar returns, great, but you know, is there a major period I should be paying attention to today? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the planets move in cycles and each planet has its own particular cycle before it reaches, it comes back to the position it occupied in your chart. So the sun is a year, the moon is once every 29 and a half days. Mercury is roughly a year, Venus is roughly a year, Mars is roughly two years. Then, and those are all fast moving, they're called the personal planets. And so they, they are, interest, it's interesting to watch them, but it is much more interesting to look at Jupiter, which has a 12 year cycle. So once a Jupiter return is considered very lucky, it's generally a time when good things happen. And if I ever hear somebody say, oh, you know, something happened, I got a really good job. And then 12 years later, a really fantastic opportunity came along. And you think, what? I mean, you think, wow, that's Jupiter speaking. Jupiter was doing something, even if it wasn't a Jupiter return, it still completed a cycle. And you mentioned 28, 29 years, that is Saturn. Yeah. Saturn return. and. We have the first one when we are between 28 and 30, depending on our chart and the, the rate at which Saturn is moving at the time. And that is always a time of growing up. It's a time when often quite difficult things can happen. There might be, uh, a, it's a kind of reality check. And it is fascinating, once you know that, to listen to people's stories, film stars, for instance, rock stars, and hear, Oh, when they were 28, their career fizzled out or they went into rehab or something like that. And you think, oh, look, there's Saturn. And then it comes back when we are about 58 to 60. That's the second Saturn return. And the other one that's really noticeable is Uranus, which is the planet of shocks and surprises. And Uranus has an, a cycle of 84 years, which is why actually... If, you, if we manage to get to about 84, often we become a bit wacky because Uranus says, okay, I've done all that. I've gone through the whole, your whole chart. I wanna do things differently now. I'm fed up with this. 
I'm going to dye my hair pink or, or whatever it is. And equally, uh, when we are roughly in our early 40s, that is a, it's called a midlife crisis. And astrologers, oh yeah. oh yeah, midlife crisis. So that's Uranus. That's a half return of Uranus. It's opposing its natal position. And it's saying, is that all there is? Is it, you know, I, I'm, oh. are we happy with this? Do we want something different? Um, I'm bored. I'm going to throw over my job. I'm going to leave my partner, whatever it is. It's extraordinary how often it happens. Yeah, so, yeah I got to tell you all of that. You know, it's fascinating when I look back at this after reading your book and I went back and I looked at this at what that point in time was for my life. And we're going to take a short break, Jane, when we come back. When I look back at it, I thought, man, that is, if I were to write down what happened during the period you're talking about, it would be a country Western song, number one of the charts. <laughs> but, and is there anything I might have done differently? When we come back, we're going to talk with Jane about the energy of this and some of these other, other major impacts, as well as how do we look at how do we write our own horoscope vis-a-vis the future? Uh, Jane, what's the best way for people to find out about you and also get a copy of your book? Well, my book is available on all online bookstores and in physical bookstores if they are open. Um, and you can find more about me at my website, which is janestruthers.com. Cardinals and trines and more. Oh, my. Cardinals, when we come back, what happens when you get information and you think to yourself, wow, is this really the direction? Is my soul calling me here or there? What do we do to take action and align? We'll be right back with Jane Struthers. Message delivery by Lisa Ann. You can't make this stuff up. Tune in every first and third Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Message Delivery is an inspirational show about the journey to enlightenment and spirituality. For more information or your own personal message delivery, visit AngelMessages2U.com. That's AngelMessages, the number two, the letter U, dot com. Transition, simultaneously the most difficult and vital part of the human experience. Without change, how would we grow? Tune in to Grounding Into Your Radiance with Stacy Barber every second and fourth Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Step into your truth and allow the light into your life. For more information about Stacy and her services, visit StacyBarber.com. That's Stacy, S-T-A-C-I-E, Barber.com. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. 
Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Raising the vibrations through stimulating conversations while exploring the mysteries of Atlantis and Lemuria on Tales from the Mer World Radio with me, Amirabeth. Join us every second and fourth Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Be ready to feel empowered and an active part of the changing earth. For more information about me, visit Amirabeth.com. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit KarenBenton.com. Write your own horoscope. What does that look like? Jane Struthers joining me here today. We're doing part two. We're, we're talking about the future. We're really talking about, you know, writing, writing it. What does that mean? But part of writing it, as you've done so well and just great in the book, Jane, is you lay this out in a way that we understand the dynamics of it, right? You know, you talk about themes of a Venus transit, so to speak. And these are some of the things that are mind boggling. If we take a look at a chart, right? And I actually had uh, somebody do my chart one day said, you know, your birth chart's really quite boring, but your solar <laughs> return's really quite interesting. And, you know, that was my first reading <laughs> when I moved out here. And I thought, what? It, okay, all right. Um, but what's interesting, you know, I got to understand what that meant. I don't know if my birth chart is boring or not. But I got to understand more about how things move and what they can do, what the influence and impact. I was telling you during the break that age 40, 40, 41, and 42, right around there, 43, 44, the, the finale. But it started at around 40. And I faced myself in the mirror. I walked away from alcohol. I became a maverick at work. I refused to do things that were unfair. Um, and now I'm 41 going into 42. I just looked at myself and said, what am I doing? And as my boss is firing me in 92 and ripping the badge, all I could think about is Columbia. Can I get to Columbia? Do they have my application to go back to school? And off I went, I became a maverick. I started support groups for downsizing right? I went against the entire grain because back then they didn't just fire you. You have to stay there three months and train other people. So today now, when you get downsized, you're out. But back then they didn't. And when I, when I read your book and I thought about this period of time, this half time, as you call it, it shut a lot of doors and opened twice as many. Mm -hmm. When I was going through it, I didn't see the pathway. And by the way, at the end of 92, out of a whim, 
came to Seattle, spent the summer, went back to Jersey, packed everything up and moved to the Pacific Northwest, just like that. Couldn't explain why to people. I mean, honestly, it's so not me to do that. Couldn't explain why. Didn't, uh, traded my gym equipment for a chopped Harley, packed everything on the truck, in the middle of winter, came across the pass, stayed here for a year, and a year later was accepted to school, ended up back in California. So if I look at that, just that point in time in life, based on what you said, boy, does that exemplify what we're talking about? Yeah. Couldn't have predicted it, but maybe somewhere in my chart, you'd have seen it. <laughs> yeah, yes, because it's going to show up. That kind of radical change, that potential for radical change, is going to show up in your natal chart because somebody whose chart says that they need complete solidity, they need safety, they need to know what's going to happen next week, next month, they are not going to do that. And that is actually one interesting thing to say about looking at the future. You need to look at your, it's why it's very important to understand your own chart before you start looking at what's going to happen to it, even though yeah. that's a bit, might be a bit like saying, to a child, you've got to eat some bread and butter before you're allowed to eat the cake. But you, it, it tells you, you look at the chart and then you think, okay, well, like in your case, quite clearly Uranus, cutting up rough and doing all sorts of stuff in your chart, especially that instant change, that's so Uranian. But you see, if you had 10 million planets in Taurus, then your chart says you're never going to do that. You're never ever going to do that because it's, it, it's impossible for you. So it's why we, it's so good to look at your potential, which is something we talked about last time, and to understand what you are capable of doing in your chart. And that gives you a much better idea of when you're looking at a transit coming up or you're looking at your solar return. And then you begin to put the two things together. You might think, well, okay, I've got Uranus transit. It's going to cause havoc could cause havoc okay so how can i manage that how can i express that maybe in a way that doesn't just leave the plaster coming off the ceiling and me feeling as though i haven't got a clue whether i'm standing up or on top of my on my head so there are ways of just understanding your chart before you know how to really how to how to appreciate what the planets are doing to you and work with them because the more you fight clearly you worked with that uranian transit you heard the call and you answered it whereas somebody who hears the call saying you need to change this isn't working and the more you stick at it and the more you deny it the harder it's going to be so yeah. um it i think it's like it's like I always think of it, it's like stepping on a travelator in an airport. You know, I, when I was small, I was terrified of getting on escalators, top of escalators. I oh, I know, me too. Going in and out, in and out. Do I know? Oh, God. And you get on a travelator and it's, you know how it is when you're on the right journey, you're just moving seamlessly along. <clears throat> and that's what it can be like once you begin to work with astrology. You understand what the planets are telling you. You interpret that in your own way, because as I was saying, it's not a prescriptive thing. It's just, OK, this is an energy which is telling me to change. I need to change something. And actually, 
you, we always know what it is we need to change. We just may be resistant to doing that because it's scary. And it, as I said, if you have a very fixed chart which says, no, you need the status quo to prevail, then it's going to be very, very scary. But it can equally be scary, actually, if you're the kind of person who thinks, okay, bring it on, because then you might go completely over the top and you might end up thinking, what on earth was all that about? But clearly, in your case, it was a huge success and you did what your soul wanted you to do. And I, I went back and I looked at this on my birth chart and I'm not exactly sure where it is. But ever since reading your book and I've gone through this now looking at the future, I've gone back and forth. And I use this one element because I think it's important for me. I'm the kind of learner that if I could focus on one thing to understand it initially, right, then I'm really good at globalizing it or, or, or transferring that knowledge. But I went back and I looked at Uranus and in the birth chart. And I think it was Uranus 8, Cancer 12, something like that. I think it was something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went back to try to find where that was right and and what that meant because you're right you know it's not just about a solar return i mean i could tell you where those those planets are now as i look ahead but when we try to reflect back it helps us to be able to write our own horoscope because we have a reference point jane do you know what i mean oh absolutely right? absolutely and actually it's a very good way of learning astrology once you start to look at what's coming up for you if you feel daunted by it, and it can be pretty daunting, start by looking backwards. Start by looking at the, you know, think of a, as you're saying, think of a, a time in your life which was a standout time. It might have been standout because it was really happy or it might have been terrible, whatever. But a time that where there is no mistaking what was going on and then look at what the, chart, what the planets were doing at the time and piece it together. And then you start to get an idea, not only of the way the planets act, but the way they act with you. Um, because if I have a, a, a client who's got some major transit coming up, which is going to clearly is going to bring some sort of life change. I always ask them what happened the last time that transiting planet contacted the particular bit of their chart that it's going to be touching. You know, what happened 20 years ago? What happened? 30 years ago whenever it is and that gives a flavor of what's to come because you can because then it does tell you how you react to that particular transit i'll tell you i got so interested in this one point in time in life and you know let's talk about this in terms of what people can do to understand how to look ahead i went back and i looked at my birth chart and i discovered something interesting and i would like for you to comment on it because we hear a lot about this we hear about retrograde. Now, I looked at my chart and I went back, right? I mean, I'm looking at my solar return, but I was really after talking with you, I needed to look at these major things to say what was it. So I went back and I looked at the Uranus 8, uh, Cancer 12, and it had a little R and it was like an, I don't know if that's an RX or I don't know what that is. Yeah. I'm assuming that's retrograde. Correct. Is that correct? Can you talk about this? I think that, and, and then I looked at my birth chart and I'm like, oh, you got another R over here and you got another R over here. And I'm thinking, what the heck in my birth chart? And so a lot of people only know one retrograde, Mercury. And when they see it, they're like, 
<laughs> I don't have that experience with Mercury and retrograde. We're a broadcast network. Everything slows down so we can catch up. But tell us about that. When people see that in a chart, I don't know if it's in a, but when I went back and I looked after we talked, I thought, what Uranus, Cancer, what is that house? Is that my second, second house? Uranus, Cancer, and it's got an R. How do people interpret that, that retrograde? Well, it's it, as you say it can cause it can cause confusion and it means in terms of the astronomy it means it doesn't mean that the planet is moving backwards it just means <laughs> that the planet it's its motion is slowed down relative to us and so from our perspective on earth it seems to be moving backwards but it isn't really and in a birth chart any planet that is retrograde means that there is something slightly different about the way that planet is expressing its energy in the chart. And it depends on the planet concerned. And a lot of astrologers, well, I've heard, I've heard some astrologers saying, you know, it can be, it can all sound a bit doomy. as though something isn't working properly. For instance, if you are born with Mercury retrograde, there can be an awful lot of misunderstanding as I see it about that. You know, people can say, oh, you're going to be dyslexic or whatever. But it, I think it is simply that you are expressing Mercury's energy, which is about communication. You're expressing it in a slightly different way. It might be that it takes a bit longer to understand things, or it might be that you need time to mull things over before you really get them. And you, you, or you, you might spend a lot of time worrying about things because it also depends on the, the sign that the planet is in. But with you for in the natal chart with a slow moving planet retrograde, what it means actually is that for a start that it's going to be pretty much opposite the sun because that's the way it works astronomically. So there are times every year when a planet is retrograde. And so huge swathes of the population have these retrograde planets in their charts. And so it's about how you use it. And in many cases with the slow moving planets, I honestly don't think it makes a huge difference. It does with Saturn, um, but with retrograde, it with sorry with Uranus retrograde in Cancer. You see, that's an interesting one for a start, because Cancer is the sign of the home. It's the sign of emotional security. It is so important. The part of our charts we've all got Cancer, the sign of Cancer, somewhere in our charts, and it's mm -hmm. the bit that wants to be hugged, that wants to feel safe and cozy. Uranus doesn't want to feel safe and cozy. Uranus wants to just say, I can't swear online, but you know, but you know, yeah, Uranus yeah. wants to tell people where to get off at times and he wants to do things his way. And he certainly does not necessarily want to be all cozy and, and snuggly on the sofa watching TV every night. That's boring. Do it once, not doing it a second time. Thank you very much. And when it's retrograde, it has a, an an added way of expressing that. So it it's um it is a complex thing, retrogrades. It is. But and I have to tell you, I I zoomed in on the fact, Jane, that because uh, you know I was reading this, I zoomed on the fact that as I look at my solar return, you know, I'm looking at Uranus uh seven, Taurus 13, and it's got the little R thing back in the second house again. And so what all this is doing, and especially the way that you lay it on the book, it really leads us 
to want to explore this more, you know, to want to break down all the different parts of a chart and really look at what is going on here. What is the energy of this? That's what I find fascinating about this. And, you know, when you talk about this in the book, and I think the example in the book that one of the examples is you use uh, themes of a Jupiter transit. Of course, I was locked in on that. And, and so what does that mean? Themes of a Jupiter transit. And so I associate Jupiter with Sagittarius, right? Mm -hmm. And so I started to read this. And the way that you bring this down, right? The way that you bring this down is you literally help us understand not just this theme, but you help us understand this theme as well as Saturn and the transits and what that means. Isn't it interesting that there is a sense, at least when I, when, when I talk about my friend in evolution, there is a sense that this is a time for me where some things have to be peeled back and go away in order for other things that I've really wanted to be realized. And that sometimes is a hard message to get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you've got Taurus rising, haven't you? I think you said last Yeah, my time. birth chart. Yeah. So you see the world in a Taurian way, which is wanting things to be not always the same, but you need, you need a bit of security. You're looking at the world in a way that you want to bring you security somehow, which this is one of the things about astrology because it's, our charts are full of little contradictions and your sun in Sagittarius, is the, Sagittarius is the sign of the philosopher, the adventurer, the person who is looking over the horizon. What's coming up? Taurus is looking down here. What's here? What's under my feet? Oh, good. And so also with you, with your Taurus ascendant and anybody else listening who's got a Taurus ascendant, you either have had a Uranus going over it or you're going to have Uranus going over it. And that is going to be an uncomfortable and disquieting experience for somebody with a Taurus ascendant. So you might find, have you had it yet? Uh, I've had a couple of different experiences, but the way I think about, like if I were to blueprint myself and think about what you just said, just around Taurus, I'm the person that could decide in a nanosecond, I want to go skydiving. I would decide that in a minute that I, I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to go to Hawaii and I'm going to go skydiving. But if you're me and you do that, which I've done, and you are waiting to hit the target they said you're going to hit, and instead you start to circle out towards the ocean, the Sagittarius doesn't kick in always and says, oh, isn't this fun? We're going to land in the ocean, <laughs> right? The Taurus is like you said you were going to land on the target. <laughs> I'm still having a great time skydiving. I've still gone on a plane. I still went and did this. But wait a minute. You're not going to land on the target. What is up with this? Uh, and, and I don't know if that describes what you're talking about, but I feel this in almost everything I do. I feel this in building a network, a positive talk network, in working with our hosts. I feel the expansive nature of things, but it's got to be grounded in results. And that's always an interesting thing for me, right? You know, yeah. I'm the person that could get on a train and take a train ride around the world 
but the train better show up on time. <laughs> <laughs> Jane, thank you so much for today. Please tell us how we can get a copy of the book, how we can find out more about this. I mean, you really cover so much of the questions that people know so little about and you do it in such a way, an easy way to comprehend. Thank you for doing that. Please tell folks how to get a copy of the book and how to find out more about you. Thank you. Well, you can get a copy of the book on Amazon or on a bookshop or any other online bookselling site. Or if you are fortunate enough to have a, a real live bookshop around the corner that you are allowed to go to, then you could buy it from there. Um, and my website is janestruthers.com and that lists, talks about that book, it talks about other books I've written as well and a bit about me. And uh, so, so that's how to find out yeah. about me. Well, let's do something spontaneous. I'd like to get Mandy on. I know we've only got a couple of minutes left, but let's do something really Sagittarian right now. Benny, let's bring on Mandy. I know. Hey, Mandy, welcome from New Jersey. Ask your question, babe. Thanks. 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 Good. Yeah, I was just wondering, like, um, I'm fascinated by astrology and, um, you know, I, I follow a lot of the horoscopes and, and people on YouTube, but nothing really seems to change for me, uh, despite the efforts I make year after year, I feel like it's the same thing. <laughs> in life, you mean? Yeah, in life. Nothing seems to really change where I, um, you know, where I, I hear all these astrologers saying, talking about all these transits and, mm. and, and, and things. And, and I wonder like, okay, what, well, I wonder what's going to happen for me and nothing ever changes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you looked at what, what the planets are doing to your chart? Yeah, and I find it so confusing. I find, I mean, I know my son is a Virgo, and I'm a Scorpio rising, Capricorn moon, uh, but I really, I, I would have to have someone hold my hand to understand what all of this means. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I suggest you do that. I suggest you do that. And certainly you can get a hold of Jane. But I'll tell you, I have a Capricorn moon too. And sometimes with my Capricorn moon, I just feel like it totally ignores the other three planets in Sagittarius. It just, mm -hmm. you've got to do the laundry, Pat. You, you know, I don't want to do the laundry. I want to paint. But I suggest you work with somebody on this, right, Jane? Because I think this is important. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I would suggest you mm -hmm. see an astrologer and talk, talk to them. Mm -hmm. And let them explain things. And just really a, a good astrology consultation is a conversation. Yeah. It's not the astrologer telling you yeah. how you are. It's yeah. the two of you discussing it and so yeah. that you can understand it. And then you might find that actually some of the things that you thought hadn't really happened have happened. Yeah. Maybe slow because Capricorn moon, you know, it, it's very resistant. It's so defended a Capricorn moon. Oh my God, don't remind but, me. Well, Do me a favor. Um, can you stay on the line? And I want to give you a copy of the book. That's a great place to start. Benny will get your information. Yeah, Capricorn Moon Defended. Is that the word you used? Yeah. Yeah, yeah ask Jessica and Linda. They'll tell you about that. Jane Struthers, <laughs> Jane, thank you so much. Wow, what a great show. Thank you so much. Uh, Jane's book, Write Your Own Horoscope, is available. Please, it will open up a lot of doors. And Mandy, stay on the line. And Benny will get your information. We'll send you a copy. Jane, thank you so much for coming back. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. I loved it. All right. Nickname. 
I, I can hear Linda and Jessica now, the defender. Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right, everybody, short break. We'll see you in a minute. 